You're listening to Mission Lab. Mission Lab. From our living new man, Ben Here's our parents, Sean and Camille Brace. Hello, you're listening to Mission Lab. My name is Camille Brace, and I'm here with my husband, Sean. And this is episode 34, Ain't Nobody Got Time For That. So what's it about, Sean? Yeah, well, um, so today I was running because, as you know, Camille... You're training for a marathon. I just started training for my second marathon. And I did something today that I'd never done before, and that is I listened to stuff while I was running because I was running 12 you miles. You listened to other podcasts. Podcasts, yeah. I was, um, I was running 12 miles, and I was supposed to run at a slow pace, and so I'm like, ain't nobody got time for that, which is not why <laughs> we took this title. But um, So one of the podcasts that I was listening to was The Robcast. And that is a podcast by Rob Bell. Now, let me place this caveat in order. I have nothing against Rob Bell. I think he does a lot of great things. I'll also say that I'm not like a Rob Bell disciple. So some people might be listening to this and thinking, oh, my goodness, Rob Bell. He's, you know, off the deep end. He's not. Let me clarify that. Others may be thinking, wow, that's awesome. I love Rob Bell. But all this is to say I listen to uh, some of his uh, podcast episodes sometimes and um, I uh, I read a book or two by him, so I'm neither like the biggest fan of Rob Bell nor am I against I, him. against him. So anyway, so I'm listening to his podcast, and he had a recent episode that was like as timely as you could have for an episode, and it, it it's kind of like why don't we just have hit that podcast be this episode. So we're going to switch you over now to, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, but the name of the episode was We Are the Committee. And maybe some of you who are listening, listen to the podcast, you already know, you've already heard this. Um, and to make a long story short, he talks about this line that comes from his favorite movie, which ironically, the movie is Chariots of Fire. And that's a movie from back in the 80s about a runner. Ironic because I was running and I was listening to him talk about the running podcast. Wow. You see what I'm I movie? see that, John. See, see yep. what I did there? And um, there's this uh, part of the movie, and I love this movie as well. I own, own the movie. But there's this part of the movie where the main character, Eric Little, who is a devout Christian who won't run on Sundays, which, as he understood it, was his Sabbath. He comes to the Olympics and his run is on a Sunday. And he says, Well, I'm not going to run. Well, one of his teammates from England went and said, Hey, I've already run a um, I've already run a race and I've meddled, and I'm supposed to run a different race on a different day. So why don't I just have you run on that day instead? And so Eric Little's like, okay, this sounds like a good idea, but they needed to get it approved by the Olympic Committee. And so they're at a cocktail party or some party uh, one night, and the other guy and Eric Little, they approach some of the big head honchos, 
and they take them aside and they say, hey, guys, why don't we try this? Eric Little, who is a very, very accomplished runner, he can run on a different day, and then the whole Sunday thing, we won't have to worry about it. So one of the guys who was a part of this, you know, um, committee, they, he said, he said to them, well, it sounds like a good idea, but we would have to take this to committee. And without hesitation, another guy chimes in and he says, wait a minute, we are the committee. So Rob Bell in this podcast, he just launched out from that amazing idea that sometimes, many times, we're always looking to other people to empower us when the whole time we are the committee. And he just told story after story after story about people who recognized that they were empowered. They didn't have to wait for somebody else to give them permission. They didn't have to wait for somebody else to empower them. They didn't have to wait for somebody else to give them the green light. In fact, he said, the reality is you've been waiting for somebody else to give you the green light. And the whole time, the green light was sitting right in your own lap and you just failed to recognize that. And so he was just encouraging people that if you feel a sense of change and you feel inspired to to lead change, and if you feel inspired to start a new thing, don't wait for somebody else to empower you. He said, you are the committee. And so it was just so timely for me because there's some things that you know we've been talking about missionally with our church and with our missional communities. And it's like we're kind of tiptoeing around at times. And uh, I shared a sermon this last week kind of the you know start of the new year sermon about how um, we've tried the same thing for many years and we've gotten the same results, but it's like we keep trying the same thing. And, and hoping I, for something and so, different. And hoping for something different. And I basically said, we're done with that. And, you know, we're moving forward and I'm not going to sit here as the pastor and like put my finger up in the wind and see which way the wind is blowing and, and trying to keep everybody happy, um, we are the committee. You are the committee. And if, you're, if you've been listening to our podcast and you um, have felt inspired, you're feeling the, the motivation of, of Hopefully you're feeling change. something. Hopefully you're feeling inspired. <laughs> if you're still listening to episode 34, you're, you're probably tracking with us. And so you're just like, okay, but you're waiting kind of for the ship to come in. You're waiting for somebody else to say, okay, let's do this missional stuff. I just want to say, plagiarizing Rob Bell, plagiarizing Chariots of Fire, <laughs> you are the committee. Now, inevitably, with that comes risk and adventure and anxiety and criticism. Yeah, and... It's something that's been um, a little bit challenging for me as we've kind of branched out and looked at uh, going in a different direction than what the church has always gone in. And um, I'm not, I've never been the type of person to like walk around egg walk on eggshells around people, but I have also I'm also kind of a little bit of a people pleaser. Um, mm-hmm. 
either that or you could say, I, I definitely don't like confrontation, which I think most people don't. Um, I'd rather kind of just keep the peace and, you mm -hmm. know, have everyone happy. Um, but I realize that's really impossible. And uh, I've mentioned before that I have a woman's book club that I just absolutely love uh, that we meet every week. And we just started our new book uh, for this season, which is um, Braving the Wilderness by Brene Brown. I believe it's her most uh, latest book. And it's just, we've actually only done one book with our, one chapter with our book club uh, so far, but I'm already like three or four chapters in and just really loving it. And there was a quote that she she has in her first chapter that just really spoke to me um, week or so ago and it says do not think you can be brave with your life and your work and never disappoint anyone it doesn't work that way mm, mm. and and i do feel like god calls us to be brave i do feel like god calls us to be courageous and it's just it's just being made more and more clear to me that it really is impossible to please everyone um everyone's going to have a bunch of different ideas and i just loved um, that quote that there, she shared. There's a quote that I, a couple quotes that I uh, saw tweeted this week. One of them was by Tom Rainer, who is a <clears throat> very well-known kind of church growth expert, quote unquote. And he said, if you lead well, you will lead change. If you lead change, you will be criticized. If you can't take criticism, don't lead. So, it's like this is this is the reality of trying to be somebody who is making a difference and you you can't sit around waiting for everyone to be happy with you. You can't sit around waiting for someone else to lead or someone else someone to take else the ball lead, in their court. Someone else to like give you the nod and say, "Okay, go for it." You are the committee. You have another quote, right, Camille? I do. Um so this one um this one says it's a little bit longer. It says, we're going to need to intentionally be with people who are different from us. We're going to have to sign up, join, and take a seat at the table. We're going to have to learn how to listen, have hard conversations, look for joy, share pain, and be more curious than defensive, all while seeking moments of togetherness. And I'll stop right there. I just love that part where it says, have have hard conversations because mm. I think that's what we need. Um, when we've been doing something as a church for hundreds of years, we're going to need to sit down and have those hard conversations about what really is not working and, and then look at what is working. Cause there are some things that are probably still working. Um, but then look at our culture, look at the times we live in and see how we can do things differently. And, that result is going to be facing those hard conversations with people. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it kind of dovetails with what I was, you know, I want to be balanced here in this, in this invitation because we did an episode before um, episode 25 called going rogue. And we're not, I'm not encouraging you or anybody to just go all gangbusters and, you know, try to bulldoze your way into um, change in your church. I've learned the hard way that that isn't a good idea. Um, in the past, I've kind of stood up front and acted as though I had 
a revelation from God like I was coming down from Mount Sinai and, you know, thus saith the I, Lord. I think you might be exaggerating a little, babe. You, it wasn't that. <laughs> Obviously, I'm exaggerating because I didn't say that I was at Mount Sinai. But um, <laughs> but just kind of like going rogue and doing it all yourself. I'm not talking, we're not talking about that, but we are talking about making a decision and feeling empowered and not waiting for somebody else to kind of start the process of having those hard conversations or start or wait for someone else to agree with you or wait for someone else to or wait for everybody to agree with you yeah because uh we've definitely found that it won't happen it doesn't happen in any type of setting whether it's you know you're part of a school setting or part of a political um party or whatever it is not everyone agrees with everyone and um yeah Yeah. just going from there So, so there's Oh, so the re- you, yeah, well, the rest of this going. quote, which Brene, from Brene Brown says, true belonging um, is not passive. It's not fitting in or pretending or selling out because it's safer. It's a practice that requires us to be vulnerable, get uncomfortable, and learn how to be present with people without sacrificing who we are. We want true belonging, but it takes tremendous courage to knowingly walk into hard moments. And I just love this because... Um, not selling out because it's safer. And I feel like mm. I've done that a lot where it's like, well, it seems like people are getting upset or eh, it seems like, you know, this isn't a safe situation or it seems like, eh, I don't know, just that's too hard of a conversation to have. I don't, I don't want to do that. Um, and I, like I said, I don't feel like God calls us to just kind of like wimp out like that. Mm. Um, he has a mission for us and he greatly desires for us to be on board and and complete that mission. Hmm. Yeah, it reminds me of this other quote that uh, my friend Jared Thurman, uh, who's my buddy, uh, lives down in Atlanta, and he tweeted this out this week from Jeff Bezos, who is the founder of Amazon, and just this week, I believe, was uh, declared to be the wealthiest man in the world, in the history of the world. So he's doing pretty well for himself, but... Uh, He said, Jeff Bezos said, innovating requires being misunderstood for long periods of time. And I thought that was really, Mm. really, really uh, appropriate and telling and accurate how we we have to be willing to be misunderstood for some time. And maybe we don't explain everything because, you know, God hasn't given us permission. And I think... I, as I look at scripture, because I've been I've been seeking to draw up courage myself recently, and um, you know, change is scary, and people will assume that you are throwing out all of the old stuff, and you know, trying to get rid of all of the old stuff, and um, you know, in a Christian context, people will think that you are like downplaying the rules and the law and like people and we can talk we've kind of touched on this briefly in other episodes but maybe we'll have a whole episode where we talk about it but people will assume because you are uh turning your back on some of the man-made traditions that they have elevated to be of a moral status they'll assume because you're going down that road that you're sliding down the slippery slope to apostasy, basically. Am I right? Yes. And like you're you're jumping off the deep end and, you know, like, oh boy, 
you know, what's happening with that person? Oh my goodness. You know, they, they're, they're fine with having drums in, in the worship service. And next thing you know, they'll be, uh, you know, uh, they'll be having 10 wives and all this stuff. I'm obviously exaggerating, but, um, but I take courage as I was reading this morning for my own, um, devotional time. I mean, isn't that, wasn't that Jesus? Like he was misunderstood for basically his whole life. And people, the religious leaders were so frightened because they thought he was basically throwing out the whole Bible, which in that time was the Old Testament, what we call the Old Testament. And even though many times he had to say, hey, guys, I've not come to abolish the Old Testament you know, the Bible, I've come to fulfill it time and time and time again, they misunderstood what his mission was and they were scared by it and they were frightened by it. And of course it ultimately led to his death because they were so threatened by what he was doing. Um, We see the same thing. You can also see the same thing. I was just thinking of Noah. Mm -hmm. I mean, God commissioned him to make this like (laughs) like a hundred ginormous boat and no one had ever seen anything this big before. No one had ever seen rain. And I mean, talk about humiliation for what, 120 <laughs> years? I mean, you know, yeah. where people literally came out and made fun of him and um, ridiculed Stuffed him and thought him. he was crazy and wacko and mm-hmm. yeah, for yeah. just doing something different that he knew God was calling him yeah. to do. Yeah. And the other person I was going to mention, actually two more, but the other one was Paul. I mean, the book of Acts just... Paul was constantly persecuted and harassed by the religious leaders because they thought he was, again, just like Jesus, doing away with all the law. And they were like, oh my goodness, this guy is hanging out with Gentiles and he's like lowering the standard to get them into the church because he's not requiring circumcision. And we can't have that. They, you know, he's like this cheap grace. Um, you know, dude who's just like getting a crowd because there's no standards anymore. And so Paul was misunderstood again, leading to his martyrdom, leading to his death. Um, and then the other person in the old Testament I was thinking of as well was Esther, Queen Esther, throwing a woman in there for you, Camille. Um, thanks Sean. Uh, (laughs) Queen Esther, she, as you know, as we know the story, she was made queen. She was Jewish And her cousin Mordecai comes and says, hey, there's a law that's been decreed that all the Jews should be killed. And he appealed to her to speak up on behalf of her people. And she could have easily said, well, that has to go to committee. Like, let's let's get let's get the committee to see if I should go that committee for the committee. Yeah, the committee for the committee. And and she's just she just reached down and realized she was the committee to the point where she said, if I perish, I perish, I perish. And so she went into the king. And, and of course, we know the story that uh, he granted her request and um, all ended well. But, you know, story after story in scripture where people dug down, they felt empowered and they they lived out the gospel. Another one I was just thinking of, um, if you look at history not not anyone in the Bible, but just think of the Wright brothers mm-hmm. and how like 
just anyone, like you said, whoever was an inventor. I mean, these people were looked at as being just extremely crazy and misunderstood, very misunderstood. And uh, without these people thinking outside that box um, and taking a look at how things can run differently or how mm-hmm. things can work differently. I mean, we wouldn't have modern technologies that we have today. You wouldn't be listening to this epic podcast right now (laughs) if not for people who plowed forward and said you know the status quo isn't good enough and so the status quo is not good enough in the world of technology and science and politics status (coughs) excuse you excuse me status quo is not good enough for god's people because god has always sought to lead his people into deeper experience with him a deeper understanding of his character and truth and the gospel and uh, my mind turns to and i wasn't there of course but um a, a conference down in florida that some of my friends were speaking at one of my friends uh was organized and it was called the gospel changes everything and so if we're going to be agents of the gospel we have to allow the implications of the gospel to play out to their logical conclusion. And that means lots changes because we have been liberated. The spirit of God has liberated us by, you know, the gospel. And so I declared on Saturday this last week that I was firing our pastor. (laughs) And of course the pastor was me and, uh, and (coughs) excuse me. Um, and then I declared that I was rehiring another pastor that looked a lot like me, but was was <laughs> He's a tricky going one. to be an agent of change. Again, <laughs> not to like unilaterally, you know, try to you know dictate whatever you know whatever we do, but uh, just start moving forward, leading change that will uh, bring a team together and and pursue the implications of the gospel. So the bottom line is you are the committee and ain't nobody got time to just sit around and wait for somebody else to step up. And ain't nobody got time for that. Ain't nobody got time for that. Just wait for someone else to step up and, 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 and run with the ball. And, um, you know, we just want to encourage you again, if you have felt, inspired by these missional ideas because that's what we're talking about if you are just looking outside the box within your own church and your Mm -hmm. own community and maybe even you have thought of something you know slightly different than what we've been talking about uh yeah to just encourage you to pursue something that god has placed on your heart Mm -hmm. um that may be thinking outside the box of something that we haven't done in you know a decade or 50 or, hmm. you know, whatever it may be. And I, and I want to make something clear, if I can make one more thing clear. Sure. That when we're talking about moving forward and, and bringing about change, I am not talking about throwing away as an Adventist, because that's the context I'm in. I'm not talking at all about throwing away the beautiful, rich, understanding of God that we have been blessed with. I think if I might say it and it may sound arrogant, but I think our teachings and our theology 
is the most beautiful theological construct that human beings have arrived at at this point. So I am not at all talking about. Now, is there other theology that we can grow in? Absolutely. But I am not at all talking about, you know, just abandoning that. I'm just saying how the gospel, how the beautiful gospel that we've been blessed with, how that manifests itself in the life of the church and in the life of mission and how that can be presented to people and how that can be presented to people. We, we need to make sure that our gospel, the beautiful, what, what would be called the new wine, as Jesus calls it, is placed in new wineskins. And that's, that's the parable he told. You don't put new wine into old wineskins. Now, we don't appreciate the parable because that's not our context as much as, as it was in Jesus' day. But what he was saying is when you put new wine into old wineskins, the old wineskins burst and they break. And it feels like we have this beautiful, 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 beautiful message of God and his character and, and the gospel. That's but, becoming irrelevant because we don't know how to present well, it the message in a different, is, yeah, in the a different way. The message is not becoming irrelevant, but we make right. it seem as though it's irrelevant yes. because we're delivering it in very dated and old-fashioned. And so we're basically marring the beautiful truth by the way we deliver it and the way we live out, we contradict it by our lives. And so we make the beautiful gospel unbelievable mm. by the way that we... And I don't mean unbelievable in a good way, by the way we live it and deliver it and give it to people. And so let's align our new wine of the gospel with new wineskins as we try to present it to people. I like that. You like that. Good. Before we close, I wanted to give a shout out to Jessica. Jessica Tucker. Because, uh, yeah, she was wanting our podcast to be a little longer. I don't know if I if Sean can convince me to do them so any longer. So we're going to now um, go on for another 30 minutes. Stop. And I'm just going to cough. Keep coughing. Anyways, Thank Jessica, you f- thanks for your feedback. Thank you for Always listening. Always love to hear feedback. We've, we've gone probably five more minutes than we did last week. So hopefully <laughs> you got those dishes done by now. Right? Is that what she was saying? It was. I don't know. Oh, maybe I'm misremembering. Maybe you are. Yeah. But anyway, thank Anyways, you, Jessica, for listening. And if you listen and you want to give us feedback or you have questions or you just want to say, hey, good job, guys, we, uh, <laughs> we don't mind words of affirmation. Thanks for listening. This has been Mission Lab. Thank you for listening to Mission Lab. Our theme song is Portland Hike by Tiny Music. Additional editing by Chris Ogay. Follow us on Twitter at MLab Podcast.